it's not just my body or my psyche. It's the energy that's held within me and with my ancestors who are around me. Prophecies have foretold and wisdom keepers all know that the rise of the feminine will restore balance to our world. In this podcast, we are on a journey to understand the root of the imbalance that has caused disconnection and dysfunction within our humanity so we can emerge as leaders, creating a new story on Earth. I'm Lauren Walsh. And I'm Shayna Connors. With humble hearts and open minds, we will converse with spiritual teachers, historians, psychologists, revolutionaries, leaders, and healers to navigate these evolving times and reintegrate the feminine history that we have forgotten. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Hi there, this is Lauren and welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Today I interview Ash Johns and before I get into everything Ash and how amazing she is, I want to share a little bit personally since it is the new year and we have many things coming up with Global Sisterhood. I want to share with you that this year, 2022, feels special. I don't know if you're feeling that too. I know I always feel there's a time for a rebirth and a reboot and a clear new chapter with the new year. But something about 2022 really does feel super potent when I feel inside my body. It feels like a year to deepen and elevate. And from my perspective, and maybe you'll agree with me, for the past two years, everything that's happened, so much more than just the pandemic. The pandemic brought so much up to our awareness, so much collective trauma. And I believe a lot of us, especially you listening to this podcast, you've been doing a lot of work. I've been doing a lot of work. We've all been doing so much work to heal. And now I believe there's an expansion that's taking place where we're going to be integrating this work into our sacred service through whatever is right for us, you know, whatever our gifts of expression are, whatever our talents or gifts are, I believe that we are to use them now to support the transition of our planet, the elevation, the evolution of our planet. And I believe that all of us, women, men, non-binary folk, we are all a part of this journey of creating the new. And so I want to share with you about something very special coming up. It's called Sacred Facilitator. It's an advanced training and rite of passage for space holders on a quest to reclaim ancient knowledge and expand their sacred service. And this journey begins on February 14th. This is what I believe is one of Global Sisterhood's greatest programs and it's in development and it's led by Shayna, myself, and also many guest facilitators, some of which you have already heard speak on this podcast. And it is an opportunity for women who have already been holding space, leading circles, working with clients, teaching yoga to go deeper into their own indigeneity and hold ceremonial space for deeper healing. 
to take place in community. This is an opportunity for women who have been holding a lot of space already to deepen our own healing, but also expand our service. This is not an entry-level course. It is a profound journey into self where you'll clear out the remaining pieces of what's been keeping you stuck from having a quantum leap in your life and discover how to hold deeper and more transformative space for others so you can go from being a good leader to a sacred leader, a woman who is walking this earth, feeling deeply connected to her purpose, her roots, and also the collective time on earth right now, this potent time of transformation. You'll examine the depths of practicalities of facilitation, rites, rituals, trauma-informed modalities, patriarchal deconditioning and the healing of feminine wounds, visionary dream weaving, and more. This is a program that we are so excited about and we are calling 60 women, 60 women who feel the call. So if you feel the call, go ahead and check out globalsisterhood.org slash sacred dash facilitator and see if this is your program, if this is for you. We would love to have you with us. So thank you. And let's get to today's show. Today, I interview Ash Johns. And this interview was incredibly powerful for me. She reminded me of things that I needed to hear. And so I'm pretty sure this is going to be a powerful interview for you as well. Ash is a certified psycho-spiritual life coach, ancestral healer, and conscious business strategist, and founder of Ancestral Healing Space. She lives at the intersection of deep healing and practical strategy for freedom, abundance, and cultural change. After walking away from 10 years in advertising, Ash realized our greatest reoccurring trauma, both personally and collectively, is how we've been taught to survive in this world and that the key to thriving lies in returning to ourselves, our roots, and our spiritual practices. She considers herself the bridge between human and spirit, supporting leaders, visionaries, and spiritual entrepreneurs in identifying and healing the inherited core wounds stopping them from living their purpose, leveling up and influencing positive change in the world. In this episode, we talk about what it means to thrive versus just survive and how ancestral healing is key to that thriving. We talk about what it means to open our hearts and really receive the love we're seeking. She is an incredible teacher, a very courageous, beautiful soul, and I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. And I invite you to stay to the end of this episode because she has an offering that is really juicy and exciting. Okay, let's get going. And here we are. Welcome, Ash. Thank you so much for being on the Time in the Feminine podcast. It's wonderful to have you with us. I'm glad to be here. I really am. We've already opened up the portals of connectivity and healing and real and raw truth. And I think this is going to be a beautiful session. So thank you for having me. And it's been in the works, right? It has. We've been trying to do this for a little while. Feels like a year. Yeah, I think maybe about a year. So I don't ask this question often, but it feels beautifully connected because I wanted to ask you, I had this idea before we got on to ask you, how are you really right now? 
And so I'm going to ask that. How are you really? Y'all who are listening can't see us. (laughs) I was four minutes late to this recording, to this session with Lauren, which is not me. I love to be on time. And I've arrived with tears in my eyes and stains on my cheek. And my heart is open. There's some sadness, there's some grief, and there's a lot of surrender right now. So those of you who are listening to my voice are getting an opportunity to not only be in this container with Lauren and I right now, but you're getting a version of me that I don't think I've ever, ever, ever shared on the internet, much less experienced myself. And I just want to celebrate being able to do that right now and also doing it with bravery and courage and authenticity. So to wrap it up, my heart is aching and also feeling love and also exhausted from the ways that I and also other women have been trained and indoctrinated into surviving in ways that are literally the antithesis of what we truly want. And in this case, what I truly want. So I'm tender. I'm tender and also very much so in my power and in a moment of surrendering to what will happen or what I will do next. That was beautiful. You're beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's exploring how we let go, decondition the ways we've been taught to survive and find our true feminine connection to Mother Earth, to ourselves, to our ancestors, and thrive. So I'd love to invite you to share anything about that that's up for you in your journey right now. So there is an ancestral trauma, an ancestral wound that I've been working on for a long, a long while. This one has been at least, I would say, almost two years. And there's layers to it, you know, I'll talk more about my work, but I know that our ancestral traumas and wounds create generational patterns of survival, which then show up in various symptoms in our lives. And the one that has me teary eyed and very real on this um, podcast right now, this episode we're recording is around protecting my heart. So there is a man that I've been crushing on for a year now who I am enthralled with. I think he is one of the most masculine, most beautiful, most giving, most embodying of leadership and structure and devotion. And I was like, you know, you can't go into 2022 (laughs) continuing to crush on this man and not being in your heart and your vulnerability and uh, the desires that I have. And so I mustered up some more courage today to attempt to speak to him in which, in one sense, I can say I did a great job. And in another sense, I completely fumbled the ball again. (laughs) The patterns, the symptoms, the embedded ways of protection are so present. And so instead of fully exposing my heart and saying, I really want it, I expose my heart and I still manage to stay in control a little bit. And that's the symptom. That's the that's the the symptom, but it's really the generational pattern that is healing in my life and with my own ancestors, which is doing the things to protect your femininity, your vulnerability, 
is not surviving. Like it's not living, it's surviving. We've had to be smart with how we engage with the men and the masculine to protect instead of being able to be fully open and clear about our desires and to be met in that or to be met in that in a different way. And so I'm just looking at the layers that are peeling, like the embodiment of the wisdom that I carry and that I help so many women. I'm in one of my deepest initiation to embodying that in a way. Yeah, then in my in the lineage of my women, we haven't done it in a long time. Ooh, sister, that's really important work. Super strong. I was in a conversation in one of our programs, uh, Wounds to Wisdom, yesterday, and that became a topic. How do I actually open to receive the love that I crave? And this feeling of being defective because of the armoring that is so innate in our bodies. Yeah, in our bodies and in our energetic makeup and in the ancestors that walk with us. So my philosophy and my approach to the work that I do is it's not just through the individual. You know, it's not just my body or my psyche. It's the energy that's held within me and with my ancestors who are around me. And so a lot of this generational pattern breaking and healing and forward movement work we're doing as women, we're fixated on ourselves as women and we're forgetting that the patterns are held beyond us and outside of us, which is why it's so hard to break the pattern, why it's it's so hard, you know? And in this age where we're talking a lot about trauma responses and the nervous system and the body of embodiment, I'm also reminded that there is the energy of embodiment, which are the ancestors, they do affect us. The patterns don't die with death. They continue to live with them and within us and around us. Mm-hmm. And if we don't break them, we pass it on. It's yeah. 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 Literally. And we, you know, my approach is that we don't break them as individuals. We break them with them. Can we talk so a little bit about that? Yeah. That I'm crying right now and looking at how far I've come, it's also sitting with my ancestors being like, how much more do you guys need to release so that I can embody the freedom? Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of work on this on my own. They're doing their part on the other side, but we break patterns together. I think in the industry, if you will, of spirituality and healing and coaching and wellness and all the things Again, I guess it sounds a bit redundant, but we're thinking of breaking the patterns with ourselves. Like we say collective healing, but we're thinking of collective as in those who are alive, collective in living community, but the collective is also those who are dead. (laughs) They still hold the patterns. So what I do and what I will be doing as soon as we end is going and communing with my ancestors and seeing in what ways they want to release control as well as I do the same around this particular opportunity of leveling up and healing. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that practice. And when you do that, when you commune with your ancestors, do you simply ask what they need? Or I imagine it's easy to sometimes get caught in story about what happened in the past and things like that. And can we talk about that and how to move beyond Yeah, that's incredibly important. I actually don't care about the stories. (laughs) Even with my clients, I'm like, you know, 
we're not here just to connect with ancestors and hear what happened. We're here for them to choose to let go of their wounds and to cry the same tears that we're crying right now that allows for release and let going of, let the let going of, yeah. So I'm actually never asking my ancestors very much why, unless they need to express in order to release, then I will listen. But it's not about what happened and why and who did it and who shot who, you know, it's not that. Um, Nor is it me metabolizing their wounds through my own body, Mm -hmm. because that can be very overwhelming when you're having compounded grief or sadness or excitement running through your body. It's intense. What we're doing is going into ceremony as guided by an ancestor guide, which we all have at least one on our main lineages. And we're asking them to come into ceremony to release whatever is needed to be released. And they have their own ways of doing it. The same way that we would go into physical ceremony, you and I and anyone else in person, and we begin to express, or there might be some rattling, there might be drumming, there might be singing, there might be offerings, there might be things that are done in order to change the energetics physically, the ancestors can do the exact same in the other realm. And when we do that together, now we have more space to, to release again, and then to embody the old ways that's been lost or to bring in a completely new imprint. And then that is live through my own lived life and becomes the new face of the lineage moving forward. Mm. Yeah. But it's true. It's a great question. A lot of people come to me wanting to connect to their grandma or understand what happened with this. And, and I'm like, that's, that's mediumship. You can go and connect and talk to the dead if you want. That's not the healing. It can be a healing experience. You might experience clarity or you know emotional release or whatever may have you. But the healing happens when they let go and that's no longer their truth. And there's a, there's a complete shift in the lineage and also in your life. I'm curious to understand the framework that you exist in. Life, death, afterlife, spirits, mediumship, heaven, hell. I'm really curious. <laughs> I sense we have a resonant feeling on things, though I would love to understand the world and reality in which you exist in. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know how to answer that question. I don't think or exist in frameworks. I don't. I'm not scientific in that way. I don't. Like, yeah, I have a process that I have developed in how I work. And I know how I guide people and the different phases and things that happen and what occurs with ancestors and what it feels like to cross from this realm into their realm and all the things. But to sit down and say, here's the framework of which I exist. I exist in the same fucking world as everybody else. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Maybe not framework. Let's, let's don't make it a mental thing. Let's do it more of a feeling, a feeling orientation. Like for instance, I'll, I'll share first. I feel like death is the same thing as being born. You're just leaving the body into another dimension. I feel that um, there is something to ascension, but there's also, it's like not just about ascending. It's also something that's horizontal and more mysterious and that spirits exist simultaneously on this plane and that there is yet a higher dimension with higher dimensional beings, more evolved beings, and there is a lower dimension, but it's not hierarchical in the sense of good and bad. It all just 
is somehow our harmonious existence. Do you have anything you'd like to add to your feeling on the matter? What I'll also add is like there in spiritual realm, especially with new age, quote unquote, new age spirituality, there's this infatuation with ascension and being higher. Yeah. And in a sense, I can understand that. I mean, hell, I just launched a, a new mastermind called Elevate, which I'll talk about in a moment. But it's almost this idea that ascension or higher vibrations are better than lower vibrations, like earthly vibrations are the problem and higher vibrations are good. And that's not true. What I say, and the reason why this is important in my work is because people will say, well, why out of all the atrocities and the heaviness and the grief and the sadness of humanity, why would I ever want to heal or work with my ancestors? Let me just work with the high vibrations of angels or my higher spirit or the whales and the fairies and all these things. And I'm like, well, how are you going to bypass exactly what you are to create something different here? How is that even possible? It's actually quite delusional. This earth has a lot of wisdom. Humans have a lot of wisdom, even in our limitations. So I'm a both and person. Give me above, below, in and out, left, right, black, white, gray, indifferent. The nuance is where the living and the freedom occurs. Mm. So maybe that's my framework. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's beautiful. And so when working with, with clients and teaching or guiding your clients to commune and be in ceremony with their ancestors. What does that usually entail? How does that, how do you usually describe that? How do people actually do that? Yeah, I'm guiding them first to just be in tune with themselves. Like, I'll be honest, you know, I don't work with people who are brand new to spirituality or personal development. You know, you've been around the block a couple times. You've been initiated in certain ways. You've gone to the edge of your life and grown new skin. You know, you're, you're well-versed in knowing your inner child and doing that work, have done therapy, maybe some shamanic traveling and, you know, quit a couple careers and come back around. You know, those are my people. And so once you have some type of foundational understanding of healing and spirituality and personal growth, that's when folks are usually interested in my work because they've learned a lot and they've done a lot and still they feel a certain way or they're triggered in similar same way. So they're like, why is this happening? That's when I'm like, great, we get to do some lineage work. So the first thing is I'm checking to see how much work have you done? Like, where are you? You know, how much do you trust yourself? Know yourself can be in your body. Are you grounded? Do you trust your intuition? Are you in relationship with them at the very least? in yourself in that way, intimately. And then we go through processes of literally slowing down how you're moving so you can become sensitive to spirit again. A lot of folks are like, I don't even know if I'm capable of doing what you do, Ash, because, you know, I don't have my spiritual gifts or I don't think I'm that spiritual, even though I've had experiences with shamans and healers and things. And I'm like, well, if you slow down, and feel spirit, you have your own gifts, you have your own way. So let's just test that for a moment. And then they're like, oh yeah, you're right. I can do it on my own. All those years of doing this, this, and that. I just didn't trust myself. So we have to reinforce that. Then we go through protections, how to actually set energetic protections and use your own power to dictate energy. Because again, people have this idea that working with ancestors is going to be hard, heavy, and scary right? That you're opening Pandora's box and you're going to be flooded by the atrocities of humanity, which doesn't have to be the case. 
So there is a practice of getting you in your own authority to direct, essentially to show up because ancestors are not, you're coming into right relationship or relationship with them. It's not that they are more powerful than, it's that they have a wisdom different. So there's that. And then once we get that under part, now we can actually take you into the ancestral realm, which is a trance-like process, having you slow down to cross into trance for a specific reason, not just to, again, connect with ancestors and be like, hey, how you guys doing? Anybody over here that's dead want to talk to me? Like, it's not that. It's like, hey, we're here to elevate, to lift up, to heal, to repair, to reconnect with what's been lost in the lineages. So any fragmentation, any wounding, any reoccurring patterns, let's look at it as a lineage, not as an individual. Again, it's not about me or my grandmother or my great-great-great-great-grandmother or grandfather. It's about all of us, what has been happening that needs to shift. That is not the original energetic imprint and expression of our humanity as a family. So getting in and evaluating what's happening in the lineage, what are the generational patterns, what's the ancestral wound, and what are the symptoms? And the symptoms show up differently by generation. They show up differently by person. And then there's a process of connecting with an ancestral guide who can be a liaison, if you will, for the healing work that's going to happen in the lineage. So there's multiple steps that happen. And along the way, you're getting into relationship with your ancestors and in deeper relationship with yourself. It's kind of like not a chicken before the egg. Like it happens at the same time of how do I embody the wisdom that's coming through as the healing is happening in the lineage. There are two things you said that feel vital to the process. The slowing down. The slowing down to feel spirit, to feel yourself, really. That feels so important. And then the inner authority to direct the experience. I feel that is something that a lot of people don't trust in themselves. And so I'm curious about how you found your inner authority to dictate and guide your own spiritual encounters with your ancestors and just your life in general. I want to hear about how you developed your inner authority and how you connect with it and use it. The most unhelpful answer, and I'll try to find one that might be resonant to others, but I've always had it. (laughs) I've always had it. I have. I was born... And to a family that I would just look around and be like, what the hell are y'all doing? This makes no sense. And I'm going to do it this way. Like I was always asking the questions. I was always marching to the beat of my own drum. I always knew I was a generational pattern breaker that not only would my life look differently, I wasn't afraid of speaking up and finding my way. Curiosity has always been my friend. And I've just used my energy in the way that I want. Usually it's pretty much my standard state. In fact, even within the context of the beginning of this conversation, it's odd that I'm even flabbergasted by this beautiful man who penetrates my energy so much because it's true vulnerability. I'm usually very directive and very clear and very much so seductive and call in what I want with a lot of ease. I've had elders and teachers who would, you know, in ceremony and in spiritual space have been like, what are you doing? That's a hazardous thing. Like that's a p- above your pay grade as a spiritualist. And I'm like, really? Because I just confronted that spirit over there. I just wanted to know. <laughs> I just have had that. Mm-hmm. Now, to cultivate it in yourself is something that I have helped clients do. And it comes back to deciding and remembering who you are. 
you know, the way I describe it is we have a soul agreement and a soul reason for being here. There are things about us that's been 100% true since the beginning of our conception into this lifetime, this time, and also in other lifetimes. And there's also our ancestral agreements that brought us into the lineages in which we belong. There's a reason why you're here. So when folks are looking in their astrology, they're doing personal development, they're working on it with a coach, they're doing somatic healing, they're looking at human design and all these other modalities, they're doing therapy and they, and inner child work, there's a point where you should know who you are. You have a general understanding of who you are. And when you decide that I know that that's truly me, there's no more question about it. You should, your whole life will evolve around that inner knowing. Uh, the other day, and to give another context on that, the other day, someone was like, I'm interested. They had a consultation with me and they were like, the reason why I want to work with you is because, I mean, I've done all the readings. They're all telling me the same thing. You know, we go and get our different readings, whatever reading you like to get, Akashic reading, whatever. And they were like, they're all saying the same thing. And I was like, right, there's nothing new. You know who you are. <laughs> there's no additional mystery here. It's how do you want to apply who you are in this world that aligns with your calling and your desires and the impact you want to have. And that revitalizes your lineage and is an imprint for this humanity. That's it. And they were like, oh, no wonder. I was getting frustrated thinking it was the healers. And I was like, no, babe, it's you. There's no new news. <laughs> now would you like to be who you are? Because that's what I can help you do. Yeah, it's so interesting. The, the process of choosing to believe that the inner authority is here. It's intact. Always has been. I believe this thing. I believe who this, all of this that I believe I am, that I want to be. It's here. There's nothing more than for me to believe it and move forward. And that feels, and correct me if you don't think this is true, that feels, that belief in it and that claiming of it and owning it feels like an ancestral feminine wound, the not feeling able or capable or wanting to do that. Mm, yes. Uh, yes, and it's both. It's an ancestral feminine wound. I would also say it's an ancestral masculine wound. And here's the reason why. Our masculine and male wounds tend to show up as um, abandonment and then trying to prove, never getting that validation. And then the feminine wound also shows up as I'm not worthy because I didn't receive the validation and I don't see myself because no one saw me too. Sometimes we go in thinking that we're going to heal only because we're women identifying or in our femininity, we want to heal feminine wounds when really it requires both healing maternal feminine and paternal masculine wounds yeah the masculine wounds my father's line has been the deepest most focused work ancestral work that i've done and you know it's interesting i i wish i would have known that i didn't have to open up pandora's box because i totally did i was like Maybe seven years of my life would, was totally dedicated to the Pandora's box that was my masculine lineage. And all the stories and all the things? You know, the stories that came, most of them were helpful, actually. There were these like visions that came that felt visceral at different times. And then I was like, oh, I can forgive that. I can mm. forgive that. When before I just felt so much shame, you know, mm -hmm. but then with certain visions that came, I was like, okay, 
I can forgive that. And do I know if this is exactly what happened? I don't know. But something of this energetic took place. It created this ripple. And I'm here now changing that ripple, integrating that trauma. Yeah. How did your ancestors change as a result on that line, the men? Well, my ancestral healing is unique in the sense that I didn't do it by myself. Years ago, my family had a a really amazing opportunity to come together and my brothers and I ended up doing a lot of work together, a lot of ritual together to heal. And so there has been through my work, through their work, and then through everyone joining in, my mom, my sister, and even my dad, there's been a resurrection in my family and a lot of awakening and healing and uniting in my family. So I would say we've all changed. My dad, most notably, my brothers, and really myself. That's beautiful. Yes. And then do you stay in relationship with the ancestors on your father's line? No, not as much. You might want to check in on them. Yeah. I'm kind of scared. Here's the, here's the thing. Why though? That's know. exactly it. Why are we scared? So This is the point though. We have this Western ideology that as soon as my life or our lives have the quality of our lives have improved, then the healing is done. And it's not true. Well, I definitely know that that's not true. Right. So then my interest is in what state are the ancestors? How are they? Are they actually resting well? Or did we get information that allowed us to be better, but they are still in the same energetic state? Because what happens is we're still in the same lineages. So that energy, their imprint is going to come forward through your offspring or those who you influence or those who come into the family in another way, because they're going to come back through. So I always say that to me, my approach to the work is same, same two sides of the same coin. We want quality of life and healing and, and connection and family dynamics to shift and I want to be able to look into the lineage and see wellness and vitality and happiness and elevation. So they are ready to come back through. They're trusting to advise. I always refer to that scene in Wakanda where he goes to visit his dad because his dad is in good standing and he's fully elevated into the ancestral realm. To me, that's end to end, complete lineage healing, family healing, holistic healing. That's beautiful. And that's a beautiful vision you have for the world. I really appreciate how collective your passion is. You know, you're not just focusing on how we can be our best selves, but how the lineage forwards and backwards can be vital and free. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. Sometimes it feels hard to articulate, especially in a world where everyone is, again, wanting to understand themselves and then have a better quality of life, right? Like, All of our psychology is focused on that. All of the coaching is focused on that. All the wellness programs is focused on that in the, in the eye and also in the living. And I'm like, what about backwards? And what about forwards? Like it's a whole thing. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. And so what work do you continue to do with, I mean, obviously you're, you're still doing work with your heart and you're you're consulting your ancestors and do you often know which pattern comes from which line? So I'll always, I I joke, but I'm so serious. I'm always my first client. 
and my toughest. So I'm always in ancestral healing work. It's a, it's a practice. It's a lifestyle. I'm in ceremony with them daily. Obviously there's times where it's bigger, longer, more intense. Um, but I'm always communicating and I've elevated all of my lines in a way that I'm in maintenance and constant relationship with them. So there's that. And when you get to that space, they then bring things that need to be resolved on a deeper levels, such as my heart and submission and being in my queenship and authority. That's what we're working on right now. So in that, it's almost like, um, here's the class that I'm in. That's kind of how I feel it. Here's the class that I am in. And then I get to enroll in other things like my electives that I need to work on. So we went through some massive relationship shifting and energetics with the energy of money and abundance and enjoyed that. That's now complete for now. And now we're moving into this heart and submission place. So I stay with them and it does bring in other modalities that are supportive for the work that we're doing, but it's mm-hmm. always first in the lineage. And then I get to go and do these things that are part of the embodiment. And I'm checking back to see how it's shifting in the lineage and also in my life and in my family's lives, like my mom just got married, eloped out of nowhere. It was amazing, but it was also because of the work that we were doing. Oh, that's amazing. So, that's kind of how it shows, but the symptoms show up in many different ways and in different lines. Like sometimes people think that, well, I'm closest to my mother's family. I was only raised by my mom's folks and I don't even know, you know, my grandparents on my dad's side. So everything has to be from my mom's side or that's the lineage I'm called towards. And I'm like, that's, you know, the first thing we want to do whenever I work with someone is to assess, to actually see what's going on in your life. What do you desire? What are you aware of as far as patterns? And then let's check on all of the four main bloodlines to see where we want to go mm-hmm. or where you're being called. Because where you might feel comfortable might not be where you're most needed to start to have the impact and the shift in life and lineage. So the symptoms are usually in at least one line, but often they can be embedded. The symptom is showing up in your own life and in other lineages, but the wound, the ancestral wound can be in one main line, but also shared across more than one line. It is a a bit of a diagnosis, if you will, you know, like we have to go through a diagnostic review and see what's going on and take our time to move through the work. And what about the ancestral gifts? Hmm. Do you do work to, with that? What's a process with that? So when you start to know the energetics of your lineage, you can also ask the actual guides, what are the lineage gifts? What are my ancestral gifts? What's my responsibility to hold in the, in the lineage? And the thing is, when we say ancestral gifts or agreements, sometimes folks are like, well, I've always been the peacemaker, but you've been put in that position based off of trauma, off of family and ancestral trauma. So when that heals in the lineage, what's your real role? And that aligns to your actual soul's calling. I've had a lot of people that are like, oh my God, my whole life changed because I'm not coming in being a buffer or to be the comedic relief to elevate everyone's energy. I actually just get to be my real self. Sometimes people get to reclaim literally talents didn't understand why they were called to weaving but was too afraid and didn't make the time and when their ancestors show them we've all been master weavers now you don't need to sit and have a loom but maybe you weave in your connections with people and you know how to make people move across the world and communicate by the power of the internet that's a modern version of weaving and they're like oh my god i didn't realize 
That's why I was drawn to that. That's why I can leverage it. So mm. it's, it's really beautiful. It's the reason why I feel there's no separation between personal healing, ancestral healing, reclaiming of ancestral gifts and blessings, because that is here. Let's not forget all the good stuff that gets released by doing this work and making a living, having a business, right? Like a lot of us, historically, our families had family businesses. And when you think about surviving, it brings out the worst sometimes and in, in humans, but it can also bring out the best. So I often see folks do their ancestral and lineage healing, and then they're like, oh, actually what I really want to do is build this business with the blessing of my ancestors. And it's in alignment to our energetics and all the things here. And they, they get their support as they move in that endeavor. There's something really grounding. And, and I guess I want to say, it's not a word, but embody. Yeah, it is a word. Embodying to do work with your ancestral lineage rather than just like astral guides or even earth energy guides like orishas or whatever it may be. There's something that seems really nourishing and supportive to know that you have a lineage of ancestors that you're supporting that are supporting you in return. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really, um, it's a relationship. And most times people are not wanting to get in that relationship because our actual living family relationships are challenged and stretched and, you know, can be dysfunctional, but it doesn't have to be with the ancestors. And if you want the living dynamics to shift then get into the core wounds and the roots of where that dysfunction came from. My white clients are always being like, oh my God, I had ancestors. I'm so sure who were racist or slave owners or whatever. And I'm like, great. You're not that, so let's get into the healing. Yeah. There's a reason why, you know, my black um, and people of color, I should say, women of color clients are like, oh man, we've already cried enough. We've done enough work, Ash. Like you're telling me to do more work in this shit. And I'm like, yes, let's let them step into the freedom and the power that was always there. Part of it is just my brain, but it, it doesn't make sense to be trying to move forward and create a beautiful, better world, a more inclusive and connective and loving world. And we're not courageous enough to have our ancestors alleviate and let go of whatever things they are carrying from the past that we don't want to see presented in the future. If that is what is required on an individual level, why would it not be collective? Exactly. Yeah. Why would we how can we move forward if we haven't integrated the past? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Dead on. It's amazing. Literally. Literally. That's a pun. <laughs> Dead on. <laughs> um, I love this conversation. Thank you, Ash. And you know, this taking it out, the whole point of this podcast, The Time of the Feminine, is not to encourage a matriarchy or some type of like poo-pooing of men and dominating of the masculine. It's actually to elevate the feminine so that we can have harmony and balance and be in the, the, the right relation with these life energies. And so we're exploring through different channels and different amazing women with different gifts, how we do that. And so from that perspective, and we've already touched on this some today, I would love to just like pass you the talking stick on all of your thoughts with ancestral healing, the healing of the masculine feminine wounds, all of that. Just here's the talking stick. Take it away. 
I love it. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. And I do think that's needed. You know, I think there's a great awakening and healing happening both in feminine energies and masculine energies within. You know, as within, so without. We're looking at the disembodiment and the imbalance externally. So it means that it's also internally and in the lineages. So there's oftentimes, it goes in layers, right? Like we start off with the individual and where do those energies need to be reconciled and balanced within, which then leads us down the individual lineages. And then there's a part of bringing the lineages together and <laughs> the father's father's line, the father's mother's line, mother's 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 father's. And letting them harmonize and be together and reconcile in a council. And so, you know, these energies, regardless to your gender, your sexual orientation, your preferences, your race, your economic status, um, energetics, are they're complementary. We're supposed to be together. So um, that's what I think about it. I see oftentimes, especially in business, where we're fighting amongst ourselves. We can't open to our desires and then have the structure to support it. Or I used to work in advertising and branding once upon a time. And so it was so creative, but also so structured and so like controlling and a lot of fear. And so I was like, when I get my healing business, I'm never going to be that way. And so I went completely open and just like no rules and only desire and no, like none of those. And I was like, oh my God, I'm drowning in energy and heart. Like balance and harmony and compatibility is the answer. I believe in polarity and duality and non-duality and non-polarity like there's space for it all and it's all needed i think it's what i love the most about ancestral healing to be honest with you because you have to look at all the aspects and all of the ancestors step forward and you see the masculine coming in wanting to fill together like this isn't even how it was let me tell you let me show you what it used to be like and that is so healing so healing to see a long 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 time ago how the masculine was devoted and how it worked with the feminine and also a long, long time ago, how the feminine worked relative to your lineage. It's a very creative space to be and then to embody that and to remember who you are and who you walk with. It's just such a game changer. Um, I love it. I love the work. There's nothing else I could do other than being an interior designer, which is the same thing. <laughs> or that. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing well you, know? you you do your work expands to the professional life as well like you were just saying how to have that balance of following the desire with adequate structure and strategy so that you are in that balance and that's really amazing incredible work and something that Shana and I are always exploring together here with global sisterhood and I am in that process of of amplifying desire like, okay, more desire. I went, I went from the same way, like all desire to structure to, okay, integration. I, I need to amplify my desire. And as you were talking about harmony and all of the things you were just talking about with the masculine and, and going way back and having them say, you know, this ha isn't how it was. I'm just wanting to shout out to all the amazing men out there. We started this conversation talking about an amazing man. And I know yeah. so many of them. I'm related yeah. to many of them. And I am really grateful that they're compassionate, patient, tolerant as we go through our grief cycles and rise up and come into our own integration. And as they listen and do the same. I concur. I ditto that. Shout out to all of the men and the masculine embodied people because 
it's needed and it's beautiful. And ultimately it's what we all want. Like everyone wants desire. Everyone wants that feeling. We want it as feminine and as women to experience that. And I believe and what I've witnessed is that men and the masculine enjoy seeing it. They're just like, yes, give us like, that's give us that. (laughs) Give me that feminine. Yeah. Yeah. Give me that. And you know, I'm going to also say a shout out to us women and feminine folks out here because that longing and that desire and that creativity and that wildness and the heart and the soul and the depths of us is so beautiful too. Like how wonderful we can have this internet to allow us to connect in this way and to feel each other. Mm. And that I could even come onto this call and look you in the face, never, ever seeing each other, only exchanging some emails and be completely in my softness and my vulnerability and know that one, I trust myself to be safe. And two, as a fellow woman, I trust you that I am safe, Mm. right? Like healing is happening. The evolution is definitely here. The reclamation is present. So I deeply honor that. Mm. So speaking of reclamation, it reminded me of something you have coming up called Elevate. Do you want to talk about that? Elevate. I'm so excited about it. I have been in a very deep initiation of 2021, as I think everyone has in their own way. But one of my elders asked me, like, if you were to go all in on what you carry and who you are, what would it look like? And I was like, I want this mastermind to be all of it. It's not about an organized syllabus. It's about diving into our lineages and embodying the authority and the impact and the love and the the presence of femininity and then putting that in a container to thrive and to have, again, impact in this world. And so um, it's really a call for women who've already done amazing things you know that you are called, you know that you're the first in your family, you know that you're the unique one holding a torch in your own way. And maybe it is time you've gotten stagnant, you've gotten a little unclear, the world has been coviding for a long time, we're all feeling the effects of a lot of different things and pulling up the foundations of old things. And now you're ready to take that next level of what your authority is and embody that. And that's what Elevate is all about. So it's a six-month mastermind. It's for 30 women. We've got about 20 more spots that are available if you are interested in joining us. Of course, it'll have two pods, so you'll have two times to choose from, but we're going to go in. We're going to go in and remember who we are. We're going to work with our ancestors, and you're going to step into whatever it is, your business, your calling, your voice, your dance, your body in 2022. That's the invitation, y'all. And what's the link to sign up for that? Yeah, you can get it either on my website at Ashley Johns, A-S-H-L-E-Y-J-O-H-N-S.com backslash elevate dash mastermind dash one, the number one. You can also find it on my Instagram at Ash Inspires. Um, feel free to follow, send me a note, let me know that you're interested. Reach out and have a free consultation. I do 45 minute ancestral breakthrough consultations and that's where we can get crystal clear on what you'll be working on when you come inside of elevate or if you need clarity on what you're going to work on as you enter into elevate i recommend and invite you to book in a consultation oh ash you're going to get some bookings i can tell you that right now (laughs) it'll be beautiful we have a really great community of women so i'm sure the conversations will be really beautiful So for our last question today, Ash, 
And I just want to say to you that this has reinvigorated an intention for me to, to sit with my ancestors again. You know, I kind of paused on that a little bit and I feel very deeply inspired to continue that work thanks to you and this conversation. So I appreciate you. And I'm sure our listeners appreciate you as well. And we have the same question to end every podcast. And we ask, whoever is here, if you could be a channel of the great mother, what would she have you say to all of us right now? Mm. (laughs) So good. She says, and I will be, because I am, be an example of being. Be an example of being it. And so it is. And so it is. Thank you so much. Gratitude to everyone listening, to you, Lauren, to you, Shana. Of course, all of our ancestors who are here with us, who guided us to come into community, and those who are walking with those of you who are listening, honoring the lands in which we're all working and living and thriving on. And let's let this new year be incredibly abundant and beautiful. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the Time of the Feminine podcast with Ash Johns. To learn more about Ash, to book a session, or to join her Elevate Mastermind, go to ashleyjohns.com or go to at ashinspires on Instagram. And as for the Global Sisterhood, we have our brand new program, Sacred Facilitator, that is open for enrollment now. So go over to www.globalsisterhood.org slash sacred facilitator to learn more. And for those of you who have been listening to this podcast regularly and like what we're up to, please go ahead and leave us a review. Your review helps. Five stars helps even more. But honestly, give us your honest opinion. We want to hear from you. We love you. We're so grateful for you. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.